This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hello and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. So, welcome back, everyone. Today, we have a very, very special guest that we're super excited to get to know. Please welcome Lee Robinson, a.k.a. the dapper and heartwarming Bertie Hart from the new A League of Their Own series on Amazon Prime. Hi, Lee. Thanks for joining us today. Yay! Good to be here, y'all. Our first question is very important. Okay. Did the audition description for Birdie just say, be pure sunshine? (laughs) Because if so, you nailed it. (laughs) In all all seriousness, what did you know about Birdie when you were first cast? Um, That's a great question. You know, the description was short description. Um, You know, Birdie was a non-binary heart of gold. I think that was part of it. Um, Just, you know, who Birdie was, Max's uncle, uh, but someone that was reliable and, you know, like navigating some things. Right. So um, the the, the description was very short, but it was a it was a fit from the beginning. (laughs) From the very first moment I read it, I was just like, wow you know because i i was a big fan of the original right you know there were mm-hmm. a lot of that weren't included in the original but there were a lot of things that were and it was so powerful what was in the original so when my manager you know let me know that she was submitting me and i had this audition i was just like oh really a league of their own i'm curious what's going what's that going to be about and and i was excited and i was curious and I wasn't sure where I would fit in, but I was ready to see, <laughs> I was ready to see the sides and see who this character was. And as soon as I read this character, I was just baffled and just fell in love with it immediately. I fell in love with Birdie, immediately felt connected to Birdie. So there was a little bit there, but, and there was a lot that I was able to build um, and add on to who Birdie was and is. Was it's this hard not to you... fall in love with Birdie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Birdie Absolutely. was like, gold just beauty and gold and and there are there there are birdies in the world right and from that time period so not only was it just a beautiful character you know that i could totally relate to it was someone who existed in that time and who had that voice or that visibility and i had the the um, privilege and honor of breathing life into what was on the page so just all around it was just amazing experience so awesome and i'd just like to point out that max is very lucky (laughs) because everyone deserves an uncle birdie and we would like to know if birdie's always been so supportive of max um i would like to say yes because birdie's been there right we know birdie's history of birdie not you know leaving birdie's family and tony and birdie's relationship so birdie has had so much um, pain and 
and um, has gone through so much that Birdie can make room for grace and compassion um, for for Max. I feel like that was my interpretation that, hey, you know what? I, Birdie was just really grateful and happy that Max trusted Birdie to enter, you know, like step into, you know, Birdie's world as, as Max was trying to find her own world and her own identity. Um, so I think Birdie has always had a big, big heart with Max, even when Max was a little thing. And Birdie, you know, I think Birdie's had a special place in, in Birdie's heart for Max. So Oh, yes, to answer the question <laughs> from the jump. <laughs> from the jump. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there just there seems to be a lot of love in that family, which is so beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. Even between Birdie and Tony, and even though that 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 relationship seems very complex, yeah. um, how does Birdie view that relationship with Tony? Yeah, great question. Birdie absolutely loves tony has always loved tony and that's why i think that the harm was so deep right the harm was so uh impactful and in that final scene we see between them you know birdie's really breaking it down it was you you were the most dangerous because i i could have done it your voice meant something to me so i think that that was the hardest thing for birdie to do was to leave and i think it impacted both of them because tony even says i just wanted you to stay and birdie's like i know that but that's not the point I'm here about Max. <laughs> but uh, I definitely think that that is a beautiful relationship. I think that um, hopefully if all the fingers are crossed for season two, we get to see a little bit more, right, um, of that relationship because um, there's a whole lot of history they have. They have an opportunity to catch up on, right? And um, Birdie's changed. You know, there are a lot of ways that Birdie's changed, but there are also a lot of ways that Birdie's the same. And like, you know, they just need this opportunity, I think, as Birdie's walking and Birdie's light and faith to reconnect. And hopefully they have a chance to do that. It's a crime that it has not been renewed yet. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we keep saying like, this is the only <laughs> hope for humanity is if is this when the show. show gets renewed. Because if it gets canceled, there's no hope. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I manifest on it and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but what I do know is that the first season was just so beautiful and amazing and there's so much room to tell more of all of those stories. So I have faith and, um, a lot of good energy pushing in that direction, a lot of hope and all the fingers are crossed, but I, I, yeah, it will be an exciting moment when and if that announcement comes. <laughs> I'm trying to be when, political. Absolutely. <laughs> You'll hear us screaming across the globe. Scream no, yes. across that or going to arrest some people for the crime of not Riot. continuing such a needed show. Either way, they're screaming. Riots across the world. Yeah. Don't don't make the queers get their pitchforks out because we'll be on your doorstep. <laughs> The queers are coming. The queers are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just say some like oh assistant God. to an executive riding through the boardroom? <laughs> the queers are coming. The queers are coming. All the fingers are crossed. I have hope. So I have hope. That's we all need to keep it. Yes. Yeah. Clothing seems to be an important aspect of your character. 
What was it like for Birdie to share that experience with Max by gifting Max her first tailored suit? Did you have a favorite outfit for Birdie? Wow, great question. The bowling alley outfit was amazing, but the red suit was ridiculous. <laughs> right? So yeah, clothing is a huge thing to Birdie, right? It's like Birdie's a tailor, so Birdie creates clothing. And I think it has a direct connection with Birdie's identity and, and gender identity and expression to create the clothes that they wear, right? It's like they're creating their own clothes. They're creating this way that they're walking through the world, right? With courage and with swagger and permission to be handsome and permission to be all of these things. So um, when Birdie gifts, you know, like creates, you know, gifts Matt, Max the, the suit, it's just like uh, not a rite of passage, but it's like it's the most intimate thing that Birdie could give her, you know, a, the most intimate gift that Birdie could create and give Max. So I think that it's just so powerful. Like, here's something from me that I created for you as a part of your journey that I see you on this journey. I've been there. I love you. I'm beside you. And I want to share this with you. So it's that and the haircutting scene were like two of the most powerful moments of, you know, welcome at your pace, like welcome, right? I'm here with you. But then when Max wears the suit the way Max wants to wear the suit, that's also a moment of, okay, <laughs> I put the suit together a certain way. It's supposed to be worn like this. And I see you making your decisions and I love you. And I'm gonna give you the respect and space that maybe Birdie didn't have when Birdie was trying to mm -hmm. walk that path. So again, it was um, another moment of like grace and compassion and this gift of not only a beautiful suit and that intimacy and love, but the gift of like, and I accept you for who you are, for how you want to wear this suit, whatever, you know? So yeah, but putting on those suits every day, I was, I think I was, telling someone this they were asking me about did you get to, they were asking if I got to keep any of the suits I didn't but putting those suits on every day like they were so intentional with everything about the show the clothing right like the clothing everyone's clothing was just out of sight and when I got there for wardrobe you know I got there a little early because I used to have really long locks before the show and I cut my locks for the role of Birdie um, which was obviously challenging, but it was also like my hair will grow back, A. I had a moment with my locks, B, and this was a role of a lifetime. So for me, everything was aligned. But when I got there to go to wardrobe, it took hours for each outfit, even down to the pajamas, right? To the, to the morning after the party, that outfit. Oh, yeah. And they were just like, put that kerchief there. No, that doesn't work. Put that one there. Bet. Put the suspenders. No, that doesn't work. Change the belt. And it was just like the longest wardrobe experience I've ever had. But every day when it was time to shoot something, I'd be like, oh, what are we shooting this scene? Oh, what am I wearing today? Oh, and it was like, yes, the red suit is finally here. And, you know, that was part of, you know, like the getting ready for the role of Birdie, like the stepping into Birdie's role every day, you know, like it was always there and it never left, you know, but putting the clothes on was also another moment of like, you know, stepping into the honor of, of being Birdie, you know, in those scenes. So 
To your question, I think. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, you nailed more it. than nailed it. That red suit. Mm -hmm. I have a question though. Yeah. Um, was it a requirement for you to cut your hair? Like, did you want to, or were you just like, all right, I'll do anything to get this part? That is a fantastic question. Um, it was just a request. So it wasn't like, you know, Hey, Lee, Lee's going to have to cut their hair or they're not going to get this role. It was just mm -hmm. a question that was posed to my manager. If, if I would be open to it, you know, so I was in LA, um, getting ready to shoot the second season or the second episode. I was in a show called twenties, Lena Waithe's show twenties. And I was um, getting ready to shoot the second episode that I was in for that. And my manager calls me and says, Hey, Sue, got a question. Would you be willing to um, cut your hair? There's a request, you know, like just an inquiry. And um, I just spent the day just thinking about it. Initially, I was just like, what? You know, and then as I thought about it, I was just like, you know, I just, I had to go through a process, y'all. I had to go through a process of weighing the pros and the cons. And, and I had those locks for a very long time. And I was ready to do something different with them. You know, as I, as I settled into the panic of my hair, <laughs> you know, like my hair, I, I, I had to just kind of like dial it down and really sit in meditation, you know, and, and what I discovered in meditation was that, no, it's okay to cut your hair. You've been thinking about doing something different with your hair, first of all. Second of all, your hair will grow back. You know, everyone I talk to, you know, like everyone, like from acting coaches to my mother and father, to my partner, to my siblings, you know, everyone was really, really supportive. And um, once I prayed on it, meditated on it, settled on it, it felt like an amazing journey of a page turning. You know, so it wasn't like when I cut it, I was like, oh, no, I'm, it was like, no, this is part of my process and this is part of my journey. And, you know, this is a opportunity of a lifetime. You know, it's the role that I've waited for, like, honestly, as a non-binary and trans actor who has tried to fit into boxes, you know, and, and be things that I wasn't at this time. You know, it was a role that was going to honor someone. And I really wanted to be a part of honoring that. And once I settled with myself and walked through that process and that meditation, I knew it was the right thing to do. And I was excited. And I did a ritual with it. Folks kept saying, you got to do a ritual with your hair. You got to cut your, you got to do a ritual. You got to do a ritual. And I, I couldn't come up with a ritual. I was like, you know, I was getting nervous. I was like, I got to cut my hair soon. I don't have a ritual. You know, what am I going to do? And the night before we cut it, you know, I was in the hotel and I was like, shampooing it, whatever, because they were like washing shampoo it. And I just held it in my hands and I just like had a moment with it. Like, you know, it's hard to explain it, but I was emotional. I had a lot of joy in my heart and gratitude. Um, and then that was it. That was my ritual. And then I was ready to do it. And then we did it and I loved it. Like the whole process, the journey of cutting it was like spiritual and, and, you know, then the, the sitting with the short hair was spiritual. It was all just a very like spiritual moment. And I feel like we have those moments in our lives, right? They come like we have to sit with something that, that may seem really scary and it may seem really hard and it may, others may be like, oh my, but we're the ones that get to sit with it, right? 
and we get to like have a journey. Bye, Caitlin. Bye, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> and we have this journey and process, and it was probably one of the most. There are a couple of experiences that I say are like very impactful in my life, and that's definitely one of them in a really good way. I love it's that. like you had your own hair cutting scene like mm -hmm. Max did. Yeah. That transformative but experience. in real life. Yeah. Exactly. He let me cut the first one. Oh, that's so oh, great. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, and he let me cut yeah. the second. He let me cut the first one and the last one. And well, my hair was so long and heavy. By the time we were done, I felt like I had a bobblehead. I was like, right. <laughs> I, was like I was like, you're walking down the street like. <laughs> I know, right? So it was, uh, and it was funny because when I first came out, you know, hair is a big deal. I think that's what's so powerful about that scene with uh, Max cutting Max's hair and like and that way of like welcoming Max again, you know, like here's something that some folks may interpret as being a part of this community and we're going to do that. Right. And in real life, when I first came out and started to like really be an acceptance of who I was, I cut my hair. And it was like this amazing, liberating moment that I had at the beginning of my journey. And in some ways, when I did that, you know, this lot, it was also just like a return to something that was really powerful to me. So I don't know. I need to probably do a show on hair, <laughs> write a book on Absolutely. It's transformative. It really shows it who you are. It's it a part is. of you. It really is. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's apt that we're talking about that because our next question is about the haircutting scene. Yeah. So we were just wondering, you kind of touched on the importance of that scene, but what was it like to film it? It was, it was a very emotional scene. I think that a lot of people like who were like folks on set, it was an emotional scene for folks, you know, it was really impactful. And I think that that's the scene coming right off from off of, Max and Bertie's meeting again for the first time and Max being afraid and like leaving and and Bertie was obviously a little bit hurt because Max ran away. But again, Bertie has compassion because Bertie was right there once. Bertie probably ran away a couple times too, right? So, um, and then she comes, Max comes back and then they cut the hair. And it's like, again, this gift, right? That two gifts are being offered. Like Bertie's offering this gift of, cutting her hair, right? Max's hair. And this is something that Bertie and Tony used to do together. They learned how to do this together. So it's another connecting point, right? For Max, for the triangle of Max and Tony and Bertie. Um, but it's also a gift that Max is giving to Bertie, right? The trust of, yes, cut my hair. I know what this means. I don't know what it means, all of it, but I know it means something and I want you to do it, you know? So yeah, it was just, oh man, it was just really, it's just hard to explain like the emotions, you know, yeah. were part of a lot of those scenes that we did. And that was a huge emotional scene for me as well. Yeah. It was watching it. You don't, I didn't know what to say afterward or what even I had to sit with it for a minute after I watched that scene yeah. and I still don't think I grasp fully like everything like I want to round up all of those feelings and put them into some kind of words but that it just doesn't feel like words 
encompass yeah. Yeah. the feeling of that scene. So that was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. That's exactly, it's beautifully articulated. I feel the same way. Yeah. Speaking of things that are beautiful on the show, Birdie and Gracie are just like literal couple goals and we love them so, so much. <laughs> We're just curious. Is there some kind of backstory, real or fictional, about how Birdie and Gracie met? Um, there's a little bit. I think that there's a little bit that kind of comes out in the show, but I think that's probably one of the things that we hope to see more of. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. 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 Any any gone. guess to like how long they've kind of been together? I don't know if that's a spoiler um, either. I would no. I would I would say uh, Birdie's coming through now. <laughs> Birdie would say they have probably been together for about ten years or so. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> so they're so cute. <laughs> you know, they've been together for a little while. They've been through it. They've been through the ups and the downs. And Birdie hasn't always been easy because Birdie's been going through through it, and Gracie's been yeah. So uh, it's a beautiful love that they have. Absolutely. Because we all need someone. Really like, yeah. So, mm. and Gracie's amazing. Gracie's like, mm -hmm. yeah. Gracie's, Gracie's the boss. Don't get it twisted. Okay. <laughs> She's definitely the boss. Gracie's running the whole show. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, is amazing. Uh, Patrice is an amazing actress, actor, yes. amazing person. A lot of fun to be around and, and do things with and so much amazing energy. So I just really, you know, all the fingers are crossed, but I look forward to, you know, exploring that relationship more as well. Absolutely. You definitely will to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, he will. You Caitlin's manifesting everything. <laughs> We are no, we're going to make it happen no matter what. We really are. We need humanity to be alive still. Just saying. There's no way. It, it, I'm manifesting it with you. We're manifesting this. And hopefully when it happens, we can be in contact with each other. Like, hey! Yes. You're just going to get sent a video of us just like screaming. screaming. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, okay. Despite the time period, Birdie and Gracie have managed to forge their own Black queer community, which mm -hmm. they invite Max to be a part of. Mm -hmm. How do you think Birdie navigated building a community in the 1940s? I think it was really hard. I think that um, something that keeps was that would something that struck me and continues to strike me now when I think about Birdie. Birdie in that time period is how hard it is to be when we talk about the intersecting identities, right? To be like black and to be non-binary, trans, non, you know, conforming, whatever, you know, someone is identifying as must have been really lonely for Birdie, right? Because there's all this racism that's happening. So trying to face racism you know, we sometimes, we, a lot of times kind of like try to be with people who look like us, sound like us, or experiencing the same things as us, right? And then, but there's that other layer of, but also being this non-binary person, this trans person, you know, um, and 
someone who the scene where he brings a suit over and Clancy is like, your aunt's a freak. Like that's what Bertie is dealing with, you know? So in order to be able to like continue to like thrive by thrive, I mean like be like a support for the community and be someone who's like pulling parties together and, you know, making sure people have an opportunity to come together, even though it is like secretly, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though it is like, you know, across the tracks and, and, and we're being secret, it's being really, we're being really secretive about it. Birdie's able to do that. Right. And I think that Birdie and, and Grace, Gracie are able to do that. I think they're a power couple. You know, I think that they have chosen to be public about their love and Gracie has chosen to walk with Bertie in ways that could be harmful for Gracie. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. be beside Bertie and, and vice versa. And I think they're a powerful couple. And I think that, you know, Bertie's taking on like being the person that brings people together. It's just what Bertie's calling is. You know, like, and that's not a stretch that I, I feel very connected to that. I feel like that's also my calling is visibility, bringing awareness to things, you know, like, like being vocal, you know, if you have a platform to be able to like be visible and talk about some of these things doing that. So I think that that's Birdie's calling is to like be a support for a community, be there to bring folks together, be that safe space for folks to come to or the safer, brave space to because we know, you know, there aren't safe spaces, safe spaces just hardly exist, but braver spaces where folks can like really come together and be themselves and be beautiful and listen to music. I mean, that party scene, y'all, whoa, seriously, (laughs) seriously. But Birdie is, that is, that's probably been a challenge. And I'm sure Birdie, Birdie really does a great job of trying to provide for others what maybe Birdie needed and didn't get, right? So this idea of, you know, really working to create that community and, you know, make sure folks have a place to land and make sure folks have a place to be and be themselves. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that party scene was, a yo, that was probably the longest, longest night for me anyway. I think we shot till like two in the morning or something. And, but it was just so great to be in that space with all of those actors and, beautiful outfits and party clothes and how the house was set up, you know, like to, it was just gorgeous. I felt like I was at a party, even though it was like six hours past my bedtime. I was like at nine o'clock. I was like, like, I need some some help. (laughs) Was Was it a Friday night? It was a long night. It was a long night. So, but it was amazing. Was it a Friday night? I think it was a Friday night, actually, because we we were off Saturday. I think. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah but usually. <laughs> yeah, I was torn up. I don't think I've partied that hard since I was in college. I was like, oh, <laughs> it was a great party though. If you had to pick one to go to. <laughs> I was having fun while watching the party. I know. No, seriously, seriously, it was a lot of fun. Everyone was just so great. There's that's also something that was really amazing was everyone on this project was amazing from the directors to 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 wardrobe to like everybody you know the camera guy they were everyone was just amazing 
you know, pronouns are something that I've talked about this before. You know, the pronouns on the set were just on point, you know, crew, everyone was just like really working to make sure those things were acknowledged. And if it wasn't acknowledged or someone missed, then it was, you know, like it was immediate, like, okay, okay, my bad, (laughs) whatever, let's go, you know, and there wasn't ever a time that I felt like that wasn't, that that was unpleasant for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It It felt like a very safe space, very, you know, intentional. And it was just, you don't, we don't, as actors, we don't always have those types of spaces, you know, right. When we're in, you know, on sets, et cetera, which it should be. And we're, we're getting there. We have a long way to go, but we're getting there. Um, but it was just really refreshing. This set and the set twenties was just really like inclusive and very intentional. It's great to hear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what would you like to see for your character in the future? Um, just, uh, I, I would definitely love to see more interaction with the people, you know, in Birdie's life, you know, that mm-hmm. made a lot to Birdie, like Tony, obviously, um, continued, you know, like support of Max and, and Gracie, you know, like Gracie's relationship and just like Birdie in the world, you know, um, I just, I just want to see Birdie continue to like, um, be loved by the people in Birdie's life, you know, and, and continue to love others. Like that show of like radical love, right. That like, that love that, you know, is like not unconditional, but sometimes it's complicated and you just keep walking the path. Right. You know, and keep communicating and navigating it. So I just want to see Birdie continue to like, be able to like kind of navigate those spaces and continue to thrive and throw more parties and and um, just be in the world. And I also want to see it in some way, like when Clance says, you know, you can't help that your aunt's a freak. I want to see Bertie Clance. <laughs> because Bertie was all ready to talk to Clance. Bertie was like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Clance was like, <laughs> you know, so there are moments that like those moments that I really want to see Birdie show up for Clance in some way or vice versa. And, you know, just continue to get to know Birdie, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to see Birdie and Clance. Yes. It's one of those yes. wishes. Yes. <laughs> All the hearts. All the hearts. Yeah. <laughs> all the hearts. There's so much. You know, there's so, all of the character stories can be flushed out so much more. You know, I just just want to see more about everyone. You know, I I just want to see more about everyone, everyone, like all of it. It's just ridiculous. Everyone, seriously. There's so many characters and so many places you could take it. But a lot of times when there's so many characters, it feels like everybody's rushed. But I feel like we did get a good amount of each character. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one was like not developed. It was well balanced and that that's like a been a problem in some other series that we've talked about is like there'll be either one part of the show or a season that feels really rushed but i didn't feel that at all like i felt like we got to spend 
like not as much time as we wanted, obviously, but <laughs> enough time with everybody yeah. to feel like you really got to know them. So that is a blessing of this show too. Yeah. And, and the writers, wonderful balance. Yes, the writers are just amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, the writers are amazing for this show. You're, you're spot on, Brie, like the balance. Because you're right, when you're trying to tell so many stories, sometimes you get rushed, you got to... But these were such well-rounded stories that the writers did a tremendous, tremendous job. And it was always so collaborative as well. You know, like I had a couple of meetings, you know, and it was like, what do, what do, what's, what do we think? What's happening here with Birdie? You know, what's Birdie's art? Like, like, what do you think? You know, so even though there was a foundation and the writers did a great job, there was still, I think, a lot of room for actors to like really step into those characters and make those characters their own and like, like really breathe life into them. You know, it was such a partnership, but I just shout out the writers. I mean, brilliant. Like, like one of my favorite scenes, you know, there are a lot of favorite scenes, obviously, but when that happened in the club, you know what I'm saying? Like when the raid happened and how that was happening right at the same time that we were having this party that was underground, but we were having this, all this joy and Max is having this experience and it's all this stuff happening. And then on the the flip of the coin in the same heartbeat, there's this other stuff, this raid that's happening. And it's such a powerful scene, you know? And my mother, my mom, and my parents watched it and they were so excited. And, you know, they live in Kentucky and all my siblings are there and nieces and nephews. I've always just wanted my parents to see me, you know, and tell, you know, like, you know, you always, and so they did and they were really excited. Um, But my mom was talking about that scene in particular, you know, how, you know, like she knew people know that that happened, but it's a totally different experience to walk, to actually witness it the way the writers presented it. Like you were right there. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, excited that they were having this experience and, that you're rooting for them to be able to hold hands and dance. And then this thing happens and it's so violent. And then they're sitting in the movie theater and they're like out of breath and they're like trying to absorb what the hell just happened. And that was one of the scenes my mom, like when we did our debrief, uh, really talked about was like how moving, how much, you know, that impacted her. Um, So yeah, I just think it was beautiful. All of it was just with such intention. You know, the directors, writers, it was just all ridiculous. <laughs> it was just beautiful. I just we went all watched it at different times. Oh, and yeah. when Theora watched this episode, she she couldn't keep watching the show. She sat with this episode. And we actually had to, we video chatted so she could just go on a tangent about it. But she, yeah, I mean, you can speak for yourself, but I just thought I, this episode will always stay in my mind with just how you, and she told me so much about that episode in general, and I can't wait for us to actually talk about the show on the podcast, because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, so it's much. so good. Yeah. The, the, the intention and care, that's the perfect way to describe it. Like, it's just, it's so palpable in every aspect of this show, which is one of the reasons it's just so special. So it means a lot to hear you say that as somebody who, like, embodied one of the characters and was actually, like, working in it. Because it just, it really comes through. And that episode in particular is just, it's so powerful in, like, 
a beautiful way. That's really good to hear. That's really good. Theora had to pause that up and then I yeah. I watched it the latest of anybody. And so I'd already heard them freak out about it and I didn't know what it was. I just knew they had freaked out about it. I'm like, okay, what the heck am I getting into? He <laughs> was like, you have to prepare for episode six. Just prepare yourself. Like, That's what, all she dying? Please. It's like nobody better die. No no more queer characters are dying. No more. I know. I'm always like, no cats. No, if someone, if a dog or cat gets it in the first five minutes of the movie, yep. I'm over it. I'm out. No. I'm out. <laughs> this is one thing I can't do. <laughs> Those dog movies trying to find their way home. Uh-uh. Yeah. yeah. Those things are yeah. so sad. Yeah. That's a wrap. <laughs> Not yeah. strong enough for that. I watch humans be lost, but animals don't. <laughs> I can't it's hard. I cannot handle it. I was watching, you know, I do this like scary movie marathon. I'm doing like Tonight's of Fright right now. And nice. I was laughing because the night before, I don't remember what I was watching, but a dog came into the picture and it was lining up like the dog was going to get it. And I paused it and I had this whole conversation with myself. I was like, absolutely not. I'm not going to watch this. If this dog gets killed, I need to watch the review. I need to read to see if this dog gets killed. And it was funny how I was more upset. It's <laughs> <about this laughs> so relatable. It's so relatable. In this slasher movie that I was about any of the folks who had gotten it before. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's what I do, though. If I see an animal come into the picture at any point that looks like it's not good for the animal, I'm like, all right, I got to Google this. We got to Google before we can continue. <laughs> I'm out. I was forced to watch one scary movie when I was younger, and it was hide and seek. And there was a cat. Fortunately, the cat's not alive. And I was just like scarred so bad because I was like, nope, never watching this stuff again. So I don't watch scary movies. <laughs> All right. I like Halloween Town. Those are my October okay. movies. Wait, I'm writing this down. Bobby Reynolds is in it. <laughs> I didn't Halloween Town. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, Halloween Town. If you, I, no, no, never mind. I got scared very easily when I was a child. Like, The Lion King scared me, so okay, everything was a scary talk. movie to me. That's real talk. That is real talk, okay? Spaces for all Those of Disney them. movies are terrifying, okay? Yes. Well, I mean, if you really look at it, you, you, you just kind of look at Disney movies, it's like, how are kids <laughs> watching this? It's really <laughs> bad. It's always like, okay, the parents are going to get it in the first two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. children. Pocahontas shouldn't yeah. even exist as a kid's film. That's like, a, that's a horror movie all in its own. I've never seen that movie. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. But... Back to good television shows. <laughs> so a league of their own. <laughs> you, you mentioned this a little bit, but we're just curious how filming uh, a league of their own compared to other projects that you have worked on in the past. Yeah. Um, I'd say that just, the, I've, okay. Let me think about this for a second. I think that all the projects I've been on have had their things that were special. Right? Um, but I think the two things about A League of Their Own that was really, not in comparison with any other projects, but just stand out for me was um, 
just the intention, you know, kind of how I talked about the intention around the work that we were doing, the stories we were telling, um, and the intention around the set being, you know, you know, like it felt like a really welcoming, inclusive space for me, right? Um, but also the respect, right? It's like we were like the original is there, right? The original is a masterpiece in the world. It's a beautiful um it's a it's just it's its own thing. And I know sometimes there's pressure when you're kind of like, even though we weren't redoing anything, there's pressure when you're doing what we're doing, what we were doing, right? Um, but there was so much respect and honor of the original while also telling the stories that weren't told, right? Or the voices we didn't have a chance to hear um, was the proof that you could do both. You can be in both. You can honor it and you can also honor and respect the fact that they were telling the story that they could tell at the time. And we get to tell, we get to like dig a little bit deeper in some of those narratives. Um, so I think that was like, that was really interesting to me. Um, and I was really impressed in the way that, you know, the stories were told um, while honoring, you know, the original because the original is important and it's amazing. And, you know, it's an important story that was told at that time. And we had an opportunity to, to like dig a, you know, add on to that and tell different stories of different voices. So I think that that's something that was a little bit different than anything I've experienced, you know, like that desire to, to really get it right and the desire to navigate, you know, a story that's already been told without doing like, you know what I'm saying? It's not a spinoff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not a redo. It's none of that. It's just a unique opportunity to build on something that's already there and add a few things that were really, 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 really important. So um, I would say just the intention behind the project itself and the intention, you know, of, you know, the minutia, you know, the, what we were doing in the moments on the sets and in the writer's room and stuff like that was really, really stands out for me with this project. You know, um, I know I talked a little bit about 20s before. Lena Waithe is amazing. <laughs> it was it was amazing to get to talk to Lena before we, you know, shot the episode to be able to be on a set that was intentional and um, respectful and and doing it the right way. And mm -hmm. uh, the character I had an opportunity to play was a, a non-binary reverend um, in a black church. That's cool. Right. And Reverend Ty Harmon uh, and Reverend Harmon, it was a marriage counselor who worked with the main one of the main couples of the show who were getting married. And they hadn't paused to talk about the fact that, you know, the male, you know, the the guy who, who was in the relationship was actually questioning his sexuality. You know, so in that scene, we had a chance in a black church with a black couple on BET <laughs> you know, uh, have a conversation about sexuality in, you know, black community. And this, this male identified person who was talking, you know, like this is, I, I was born to play football. I was born to do all these things as a man. And, you know, but I feel, this is how I feel. And I don't think we should get married and I, I need some time. So it was like kind of walking him through giving him not giving him permission but supporting his process and his journey and that was that was so powerful i mean i i had folks write me emails from like 
different parts of the country to say, I've never seen this before. And this was so important in a black church. This was so important. I'm so grateful that this happened. And there was a lot of discourse that happened around, you know, the risk of putting that on television and, you know, like, like that visibility, right. And that representation and how important it was. So um, I've been on some great, a part of some great projects and, you know, those are the two that steps, you know, jump out to me most around, you know, the intention and, and the spaces that were created and the visibility and the dialogue that they inspired folks to have. So, yeah. It's amazing that we get to see this, these, it's just so many things now that we're getting to see. And I'm just really glad that it's happening in our lifetime. So, because experiencing it is just like a crazy mix of frustration that we haven't been able to get to that point before, but also joy at seeing it. So that's amazing. And that is a, something that should be, I'm so happy that you guys made that because it needs to be out there because we're, yeah, it, it saves it. like representation saves lives. That's it just, it really does period. It does. I mean, I get emotional because it's so important. And I feel like if I had seen that, like I was this little queer black kid growing up in Kentucky and I had no, I didn't have anyone who looked like me or sounded like me that I could be like, oh, that's okay. That's who I am. Or that's, that seems familiar to me. So I'm okay. As opposed to, you know, not having that. And I was a big fan of television and, you know, like, HBO and I mean I loved television and it was I usually used that as a way to escape you know like to to escape this life that I was in where I wasn't in the right body and in all these ways that I felt and if I had 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 seen someone like that on television when I was little that might have helped you know what I'm saying like so that's why for me it's you're right representation matters it's so important for characters like Birdie you know for Reverend Ty you know like these characters and I can name a lot of characters that are on television right now, like non-binary and trans folks. Um, bye, Caitlin. Bye, Caitlin. Um, it's so incredibly, it's so important. You're right, it matters. It changes lives, it saves lives, it makes conversations, um, helps conversations to happen. It's just, it, it's, it's necessary. You know? It's an opportunity, I think. Like that's the, the word my brain likes to throw up yes. is it creates opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of representation, on our podcast, we were always talking about the need for more representation in the media. Mm -hmm. What do you hope people learn or see through your character specifically? Uh, yeah, stories. I, I hope that folks see a story that needs to be told and needs to be heard. And, and also that we can tell more of those stories, right? We can like take the risk to tell these stories, whether it's on a show on Amazon Prime or whether it's on ABC, you know, we can mm -hmm. take the risk of telling these stories uh, because that's been kind of one of the coolest parts about Birdie is like finally seeing Birdie get the love that Birdie deserves. You know, the Birdies in the world, like the Birdie, right? Like Birdie's being seen and heard right now and getting the love. So I think that's really important. And I think that it's relatable to a lot of different types of people and different generations. And I think folks are getting curious, maybe even, you know, and like 
talking to each other about what they're seeing on television. And, and I was hoping that folks would watch the show and talk about what they saw in the episode. You know what I'm saying? Like really talk about whatever it was. Talk about what it was, what it, how it impacted, and maybe it feels uncomfortable, and that's great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We could be on, mm-hmm. you know, with 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 this. So I hope that folks see that. You know what? Yeah, no, we need to put it out there, and we need folks to, we need to put it out there so that we can create educational opportunities, and not in a way of like educating, like not in not in a way of like folks who are carrying the load, educating others, but in the way of like folks actually watching something and, and being like, wow, I didn't know that. Or, wow, I didn't know that. I want to know more about that. Or, whoa, I just saw myself on television. I cannot believe this. You know, so the idea that, no, it's okay. It's it's important and it's time that we see and hear more. Even though the pushback, I don't know if you all were looking at the reviews in the very beginning, if you all saw all of that. I immediately texted Bjorn and I was like, why are there bad reviews? Like, what's going on? And it was all based on identity and based on not wanting to see certain identity voices and people represented, you know? So there's going to be pushback always, but, and we still have an opportunity to do it and we should do it. So. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I love that that's so intentional. Like, uh, Human Rights Campaign just had their, like, big thing last night, and um, Abby and Shantae were there, and, and Abby even Ooh. said, like, you know, for me, like, I know in my bones that if I had this show growing up, like, my life would have been different, and, and mm-hmm. so I, I love that you said that, because it's so true, and that intentionality really, like, comes out in this media, and that's what makes it so beautiful, because it's, it's telling multiple stories from multiple people, like, I feel like anybody who watches it could find something they identify with or are discovering in a positive way for the first time. And, and that, that is what we really need, honestly, at this time. Yeah. So grateful to be a part of something like that. You know, it's thank you for being a part of something like that. Like, (laughs) like I was a huge fan of the original movie, like that movie changed my life. Um, And then when I heard this show was going to happen, I was like, Oh yay, a show version. That's so amazing. But like the way it came out, just like elevated it so much in such a mind-boggling way like it's just it's everything so thank you thank you thank you i watching it and supporting it because it takes creating this platform we can talk about it and others can listen like you all are on the front line of pushing pushing this out so thank you all like seriously thank you for believing in the show and for all your love and support with the show and for the characters and for being on the front line with us, you know what I'm saying? Like putting it out there into the world because it's risky to do that right now. It's, 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 it's a lot of things and it takes a lot of courage and persistence to push back the way we're all pushing back right now. So thank you all. That's the whole goal of the podcast. (laughs) It's just to like keep the conversation going, make sure, make people aware of other media that's out there and also advocate for better representation. We're not going to get it unless we yell about it, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be loud and be persistent. Yes. You all are doing great work. This is, yes. Thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you. 
it's a nice symbiotic relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so going away from the show a little bit, yeah. Before you became an actor, you coached basketball and played in college. I did. How did sports impact you? Um, sports is one of the love of my life, right? It's just, it was from, you know, it actually gave me, and this is going to sound interesting, you know, so let's put it out there and see how it goes. We can always chop it out if it's weird. Uh, but, you know, as a young tomboy like it gave me like an avenue to like express myself you know and it gave me like a, an avenue to like be tough and to be like play like a boy you're right i do play like a boy because i'm really a boy <laughs> so everybody shut the hell up you know what i'm saying it was like totally everyone was behind it because growing up you know like i was i was pretty good you know and Y'all saw me pause because I don't, I don't usually do that. Um, it, you know, I had some talents with it, right? And we knew that that was going to be a way for me to go to college, period. You know, that was going to be probably the only way that I was going to go to college to either get an academic scholarship or to get an athletic scholarship and get some some sort of help. No, no shade to my family or, you know, I just, it just was, that was what it was, you know? So not only did I have this avenue to like, be myself, but folks are like encouraging it, <laughs> mm -hmm. putting the ball in my hand, you know, like, so, you know, like sports gave me, that was the first thing. It gave me like this discipline and this way to like express myself. You know, when I was on the court, it was like, I was in another world. Right. Um, and then, you know, like college, it gave me more discipline. You know, I was part of a team, the value of a team, that's what was also help me connect with a league of their own and show, I get it. I get the team thing. I get having crushes on someone on your team, you know, and we're rooming together on this trip. Oh my God. Everyone would be oh, the worst. I was terrified. I was like, <laughs> okay. So, um, but that just gave me so much discipline and, and something I cared about. I was on the journey as an athlete you know, and it was an amazing journey. Then I was a coach. I coached for a couple of decades. I was a head coach. I was an assistant coach. And, and I really loved working with students, you know, but I was in the closet the whole time, even in college basketball, I was in the closet, never was in the space to come out. You know, athletics was always in my experience, really homophobic, mm -hmm. um, not a, not a place for me to be out. Um, it wasn't until you know, later in my coaching career that I started working with um, this program called It Takes a Team and also the National Center for Lesbian Rights. And they were on a campaign to talk about homophobia in athletics. And then I came out because, you know, I had student athletes who were, who were scared to, to be themselves. And mm -hmm. I was just like, this, that's it. I met someone, we were in this relationship. Um, we were sneaking around, you know, and having to like, be really sneaky. And she was like, look, listen, I've been out of the closet for a long time. So I'm not really going back in the closet for you. You know, so, you know, it was a journey, but I eventually realized that I was at a place in my life where it was time for me to do that. Not just because of her, but because of my students. And I was privy to conversations that were 
painful about our student athletes, you know, in coaches meetings. And so it was important for me to be like, Lo, yo, while y'all are talking, I'm also, <laughs> let me go ahead and come out. So you, y'all need to get it together. Right. For lack mm-hmm. of a better but I came out of the closet and started really advocating um, for, you know, coaches having better understandings of their student athletes and what it would look like to create safe inclusive environments in athletics. So um, that was also a huge part of my journey with athletics is, you know, like being able to come out and be on a whole different page with something that was totally different in athletics. Cause you know, in athletics, it's all about the games, your grades, mm-hmm. the wins, the losses, the recruits, the recruiting. It's not about who you are and who your kids are, you know? So that was really different. And then I went, you know, into higher ed and got a master's in education and started, you know, doing diversity work, diversity education, which is what I do now. I do a lot of DEI work, diversity, equity, and inclusion business. And I help people be more inclusive right? You know, like, how do you create safer and braver environments? You know, you're all diversified. Now what? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, how do you talk to each other? How do you like navigate spaces? How do you really lean into some of the scariest conversations to have in this day, in this time period, right? And like, be humble and learn something. So um, that was a very long answer to your question. <laughs> but athletic- that was an amazing answer. <laughs> You see me with this ball. I have this and I have a little bowl and oh, oh yeah. I'll just shoot it like that and it won't go in. But one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We just filmed a an episode where we told our coming out stories and just basically the entire journey. So I sorry, I'm having dog issues right now. Um <laughs> so I've learned a lot about the athletic part from yeah. Theora and Brie because they were the sporty Yes, yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, yes. Like my high school softball coach actually said, if they're, if, if I find out there are any lesbians on this team, they're getting kicked off. Like straight up to the whole team, just in the dugout one day. Yes. So it, it was open homophobia is what it was. Yes. I, I had that as a coach, I was sitting in a locker room and someone said, no, booze, no drugs, no something out there, no lesbians. And I almost spit <laughs> everything. Uh-huh. It was like, so yeah, there are spaces like that. There are, yeah. Wow. These coaches are delusional. Yeah. Is it's- it like the basic stereotype is that girls in sports are gay? Right. Have you met a softball team? I was going <laughs> to <laughs> That's why this league of their own was so important because there were so many people who were coming out and being like, wait, I was a part of that, you know, like 80 to 90 year old, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like it's just, it's wow. You know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so we're curious. So what inspired you to pursue acting after like that long career in sports and yeah. getting your master's and all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've always been, I've always been, since I was little, like since I was in grade school, I was like trying to be in plays and stuff like that. And, um, you know, life just kind of moved me in another direction. Um, and, and I jumped into athletics instead, you know, but I was always, you know, like, 
had one foot, one imaginary foot in that world, right? And then, you know, as I was a young person, you know, like watching TV, watching films, watching movies, I was again, always into that because in my imagination that helped me to create other worlds that I can be in, you know, like as a trans person, as a queer kid, you know, there was like, that was always an avenue for like the imagination and, you know, to, to be able to think of being other people in the world, you know, that felt like they were a better fit for who, who I, what I felt like I was or wasn't. Um, so I've always had one foot in and one foot out, you know, I've spent time coaching, I've worked in, in multicultural affairs offices, you know, I've been this professional, this nine to fiver in higher ed my whole life. Um, but I've always, like, even when I, I lived in New York City and I was working at Columbia as, you know, their, their, their multicultural affairs, you know, like LGBTQ, I did a lot of work for LGBTQ students on that campus, creating safe spaces and trainings and all of that. And I was also doing downtown theater. You know, I was headed out for an audition after work or slipping off at lunch to go to an audition. Um, so that's always been, you know, part of my world. The intention has, I've always wanted to be able to just do the acting piece, you know. Um, but as I'm an entrepreneur and an actor, my work is really connected, right? I get to, you know, like meet my colleagues for visibility in the industry and have conversations about visibility and representation. Um, you know, in this conversation and then tomorrow going to a training where I'm teaching, you know, like maybe cops, police officers, you know, how to have these types of conversations about race and class. And, you know, That's so awesome. it's right. It's all really connected. And I get to I get to do that. So um, and my acting kind of really helps with my other life, you know, like being in front of people, you know, like doing presentations having conversations, being really approachable. And now that I've been in a league of their own, people are like, are you, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, um, but let's focus on what a bias is. <laughs> a bias is. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want to talk about Uncle Bernie. <laughs> I mean, at least now you can be like, all right, let's watch this episode. Now let's talk about bias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have more material now. I know, right? <laughs> really, really, it's pretty. So you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's. I'm still doing all of that. If it's possible to do all those things at once, um, and it is, you know. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's always been with me. I've always been, you know, like one foot in at this one and simultaneously walking this path towards the same exact thing, you know. So. Yep. Oh, we're so glad you did, because then we got to meet you. So I know. So great. Thank you. This is great. Multi-talented. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. That's what you can't do or like don't do because you're just like a hero and just making the world such a better place. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sure there's lots. Let me get my partner in here. She'll probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a list. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to fix this thing in the curtain. Like, I was supposed to fix this thing in the bathroom, and I, I kind of didn't. I should probably do that after this. Like, <laughs> you know, like, we all have, like, she's, we all have our different, our things that we do, right? Like, mm -hmm. totally. there are things that she does, and I'm like, oh, thank you for doing that, because. And there are things that I do and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I volunteered to do this thing <laughs> with the sink <laughs> or the, the shower rod and I haven't done it. Mm -hmm. And I hate not doing what I said I'm gonna do. So I think I should do it when we're done. <laughs> I even, but I got the tools out. 
Like last week, I put the tools. That's the progress. Yeah. So, halfway there. I mean, yeah. It'll get done eventually. Progress. I'll just say I'm honoring my, my journey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm sitting with it right now. I'm sitting with like the sure. tools and how helpful they are. Yeah, I'm making sure I have the right intention with this process, you know, this project. But I'm probably going to go do it when we're finished, actually. <laughs> Meditate you with the shower this. rod. We believe in you. I'm going to go take care of business. Yes. Yeah. You got this. Thank you. I appreciate it, y'all. <laughs> You can find out how to do anything on YouTube. So maybe I'll you can. Yes. And Good then Lord. Make- Some things you shouldn't be able to find on YouTube. This is true. Like that fractal burning people were catching themselves on fire doing. Oh, what? It makes art in wood, but you have to like take a battery apart and it's really dangerous and people didn't realize how dangerous it was <laughs> until people started catching on fire. <laughs> and this is on YouTube. Please Thank you learned after it. the first don't person catches on fire. Thank you. <laughs> you know. I had no idea. Okay. Well, moving away from people burning. <laughs> well, I'm still going to Google that when we're finished. I'll do the <laughs> I'll Google it. There are so many videos. <laughs> So glad. Just don't try it at home. <laughs> well, thankfully, there are a lot of don't do this videos now. Right. Yeah, totally. But you know, when someone says don't do it, you want to do it. Exactly. No, I don't. I, I have no desire to play with electricity. I'm good. Yeah. I think I'm pretty good at not doing it, too. If I see something that says don't do it, I want to watch others who have done it so I can understand there why. There you go. We're, we're like the observers of the yes. universe. I'm gonna, we'll watch no, you I'm, fuck up your life, but we're exactly. not going to do it. <laughs> we will learn from it. and we will. I forget what movie it was, but when I was little, my dad... I think it was like a Christmas story that uh, where the kid sticks his tongue on the pole. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I saw that, and my dumbass child self went outside. And was like, "Well, would it really no, work like that?" Caitlin, that was the whole point of that scene. The whole point was to keep you from doing it. So I was stuck, but then I was like so like embarrassed that I actually did it. So I just kind of ripped my tongue off oh, of it. Caitlin. <laughs> Oh, to I me, okay, know. but I was a, a tiny bit smart that like I only stuck out like a little bit of my tongue, so I wasn't like licking the pole. <laughs> okay, I need to know what happened. Did your tongue, did a piece of your tongue come off? Um, I think it was bleeding a little bit, but it wasn't too bad. Wow. Okay, nothing about that entire story made me comfortable at all. So <laughs> I we're not endorsing any so of these things. <laughs> We're not. Appreciate it, Kayla. We're not. I've got a lot of stories like that when I was younger. But anyway, let's move on to the next question so we can actually be relevant. <laughs> what advice would you give other trans and non-binary actors who may feel like they don't belong or don't know what types of roles they can or feel comfortable playing? Hmm. Okay. Um, I would say a couple of things. I would say one, like you're not alone. Just keep on, like keep finding the people who will support you, right? Find the people who get it, like the casting directors, find the um, managers, agents, 
other actors, like other acting communities. I think there are a lot of communities online, you know, like for trans, you know, actors, non-binary actors, you know, look that up and see if you can find some folks. Um, I will support you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you need to talk or whatever, I can make myself available to support anyone who's trying to that, you know, trying to make it, um, but to stick with it, just keep, keep doing what you're doing, keep working at it. Um, also your voice is important, right? Like these stories are being told more now. So it's about like believing in yourself and, 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 and that's just my own personal, you know, journey because I've been there. I've been like not fitting in. I've been like at the end of it. Like I, this is not an industry for me. You know, I've been at all those places and those tank, those times and places will happen. You'll be there. And it's just about finding the people who support you and encourage you. Um, so just, you know, like continuing to just work and find those communities. Um, your voices are important. People want to hear our, our voices. People want to hear those narratives and want to cast us in those voices, right? Like there are people at the writer's table who are, you know, writing these experiences, you know, there's, so there's more that's coming and happening. So just stick with it. Right. And then lastly, be that for someone else, right? So, you know, once you are like in this industry and you're getting your footing and getting your grounding and you're connecting with community and you're feeling kind of like a little more stable in it, make sure you be that for someone else, right? Because we've got to, we've got to give that back in this, in some sort of way, right? We've got to like help each other. Or we've got to, we're all on this journey, you know, and we, we get to celebrate each other. We get to celebrate each other's wins. Uh, we get to be there for each other. So make sure that, you know, you're supporting your fellow trans, non-binary, binary, queer sibling um, actors and actresses as well. So that's what I would say. It's just, it's hard. It is, it's really hard. Um, but just keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing and know that you're on your own journey. So there may be times where you are sitting with, you know, um, am I going to take this role? You know, should I take this role or should I say, no, that's not, that's not, I'm not going to do that and, and not. Or maybe you you decide, uh, yeah, I'm going to do this and you do it. But just remember, it's your journey and it's your decision. And you get to be the one that crafts your acting career and your acting journey. Um, so I don't know. It's just about getting those, getting that support around you. So you can be like, hey, should I? <laughs> three out of four said I shouldn't do it. <laughs> Five <laughs> out of four. Now I get to decide, right? So you yeah. don't feel like you're alone out here trying to make this work. So. I don't know. That changes for me. Honestly, that's a great question. And I probably answer that question a little bit different tomorrow, next week. I don't know. It just kind of, it just kind of, it just really is kind of a journey, you know, like that. It's like, it's, it's, um, it's fluid. But the one thing I always say is like, be that for someone else. That is the thing that's always consistent. Find your people, be that people for somebody else. Right. I think that's important for everybody in general because so many people like start making it but then forget where they came from yes. like find some like go help other people get to where you are absolutely absolutely and that's tough sometimes you know like the other day i was like hey one of us wins all of us wins and that's that's sometimes that's really hard that can be hard i'm not gonna sit here and be like unicorns and butterflies it can be hard when 
you know, like there's very few opportunities, you know, and maybe you also auditioned for that opportunity and you didn't get that opportunity and someone else got that opportunity. We still get to be both, right? We still get to feel that, <laughs> you know, we get to feel that and we get to celebrate each other also. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, very big gear change but whenever we see a guest that has pets we always have to bring them up so do you want to talk a little bit about gino and gouda okay gino and gouda oh and you knew their names what um so gino is from new york so when i lived in new york city i got gino gino is the most beautiful He's like gray and white and he's got this little line down his face and it's like mm-hmm. gray and white and his nose is pink and black on one. So he's just- I love it. He's like, you know, Kitty, he came from New York, but Gouda, I get Gouda after living here in Oakland for a little bit. So Gouda is an Oakland Kitty, feral, clipped in everything. And <sighs> yes, he was just like, but you know, really quickly when I when I went to, there's this place called, I think it's called Town. And you can go and actually there's a cafe where you can get coffee and you can sit and watch the cats and they play and they live in this like area. And if you want to adopt one, you get to go in there and meet them. And I saw Buddha like before we actually got him, I saw him, he's a little kitten. He was part of like, maybe five other cats of the litter and they were all named after Jesus. There was Gouda, there was Mozzie, <laughs> mozzarella. It was, just, it was like mind blowing, but we got him. And the woman, the vet was like, look, let me just tell you something. Gouda's a cat cat. I was like, what do you mean? Gouda doesn't really, he's not going to want to be on your lap. None of that. He's all there for other cats. I was like, that's totally fine. You know, because we just lost a cat um, and Alistair had just passed away and Gino was having a hard time and we were all having a hard time. But sure enough, we get Gouda. Gouda's all about Gino. Gino's like, get off of me. (laughs) 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 Like probably two days and then they were chilling. But now Gouda like sleeps on my lap. He's a human. That's amazing. Yeah, and I see your cat. She heard what she heard cats, and she was like, "Listen, oh it's my, my time, sweetie." She's like, "What the hell?" She's like, <laughs> "Stop turning! I don't want." <laughs> That's like a bad like sign. So they've been, and they watch the scary movies with me. They chill. When I Important right. to have a cat it's by your time. side for those times. Yeah, they're my crew, so they roll with me. <laughs> I love it. Whenever I watch something that's like a little like I don't know what's gonna happen, I always uh, take one of my dogs and just like hide behind them. <laughs> like, come sit on my lap. No, you're good. Just sit right here. <laughs> just <laughs> no, it's, it's like just like me, like squeezing them, be like near my pillow. <laughs> I watch the dog, not the movie. Watch the dog, not the movie. Yeah, but they're good cats. They're sweet. Oh, they sound precious. Yeah. All right. So thank you for sharing about your little fur babies. We are going to transition into a little rapid fire session um, that we like to do with our guests. It's a would you rather kind of question session. You can explain your answers if you want. (laughs) If not, leave it a mystery. Okay. All right. You ready over here to jump <laughs> <in there? laughs> All right, ready? <laughs> okay, first question. Would you rather get a haircut from Tony Chapman or Max? Tony. 
Good answer. Opportunity to reconnect. Yes. Oh, yes. oh my God. Verdi and Tony haircutting scene. That'd be so yes. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Good yes. answer. Um, Dior didn't want to say the second part of it, but I'm going to put it because I wrote it. Uh, what, <laughs> so this, the other two options for that was Gino or Gouda. Oh my goodness. Get a haircut yeah. from. Gino's been with me the longest, so he, yeah. There's more trust there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of trust there. <laughs> yeah. Right, so the question I'm actually supposed to ask is this. Oh my gosh, my camera's like, you're not going to ask this question again. All right, you ready? Let's go. Prepare yourself. Okay. Would you rather get the sex talk from Greta or Carson? Both. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can we do both? <laughs> I feel like they would, Good would give you yes perspectives absolutely again, I like, more back to balance yes i'm all about being inclusive and hearing everyone's input on the situation <laughs> <laughs> now fiora uh added two characters clance or mr chapman mr chapman because he's a cool he guy. Like. he's like a cool guy he, he is cool is. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, didn't he do the egg, the whole egg conversation? Yeah. yeah. That I want to hang out with him. Me too. I would, yeah. I just want to hear what he has to say. I want to hang out with everybody. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be a comic book writer or a pitcher? Comic book writer. Yes. I like that. I yes. love that. That's a great question. Thank you. That's what I would choose. <laughs> Caitlin, it's, take your props. <laughs> Caitlin. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Can you tell we have no fun on this podcast? The least oh, fun I've had in a long time. So yeah. serious. The most serious podcast ever. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we warned you. We did. <laughs> but it was so great talking to you, meeting you, getting to know you so much better. Do you have any final words for all of our listeners at home before we wrap up? Just thank you. Thank you all for supporting the show. Thank you for, you know, supporting all the characters. You know, it means a lot to us. Um, you know, the writers, everyone who's a part of the project, the support means a lot to us. So thank you so much. Um, and I would say again, find your people and be that for someone else. And also Important advice. You all are freaking amazing. So thank you all. Seriously, receivers. Like thank you for being on the front line. Thank you for like being out there talking about these issues and putting your time and energy and heart into this because it's so important and it's just important. So thank you. We really appreciate hearing thank that. Thank you. We do. It's, it's, it's our pleasure. And yeah. it's also, we get to talk to people like you. So it's, we get as much as we give. I feel like thank you. this is my favorite thing to do. 
I love just that. in general. I <laughs> wish it was a full time job. Yeah, we're like, can we quit our jobs already? <laughs> I mean, I understand. I understand the grind. I understand. Maybe, you know, <laughs> y'all have such great energy. And it's such a great show that keep making moves and, and because it's possible because you're all really good at this. Yeah, for sure. Great. It's, it's always great to hear like people actually like it and. I don't know. Just let, just actually having something that we do mean something. Oh, yeah. that's always what I want to do. Absolutely. So that's why I love it so much. Absolutely. But yeah. to everyone at home listening, make sure to check out a leave of their own. If you haven't already, I don't know what's, yeah, I what's was going to say what's you? wrong with you, but like, no, I don't want to say, but seriously, what's wrong with you? <laughs> because seriously, I it's everything. Yes. And follow Lee on Instagram and Twitter at Lee underscore Robinson underscore. Now I'm going to spell it for Theora. Oh you, don't, L- you don't have to spell it, Caitlin. Just say it. You told me to spell no, it. Just say it. Oh. You told me to spell it. It's popcorn. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but you said, whatever. You know we'll what? talk about it later. <laughs> my dog's is mad. <laughs> See, my favorite thing is when they fight because <laughs> that's <laughs> usually it's just me and Brie. That's what's so amazing about this show. Y'all's chemistry and, and all of it. So, thank you. We're very lucky that we met each other. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All, right. All right. So much. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for being here. It was amazing. And Hi. We hopefully <laughs> will see you again. Yes. Yes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You know, we don't, I mean, yes, season two, but we don't need a reason. No, Just come back every other week. I'm here, so I'd be honored. <laughs> Thank you. you. All right, y'all be good. Take good care. Be safe. All right. Take care of yourselves and each other. And till next time. Yes. Bye. All right. Bye, y'all. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Uh, Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>